Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. This is God's word. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray one more time. Father, may the truth be spoken and received here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever found uh, some cash that you didn't know that you had? Like you'll find, you put on a sport coat you hadn't worn in a while, and you find 20 bucks in the pocket. Go, 20 bucks in the pocket. Or a bigger amount. One time we went on vacation years ago, and I had some emergency cash in a little zipper leather thing that we take on for trips, and uh, found 300 bucks in there like several months later. I forgot that we had the emergency cash in there, and you go, what, 300 bucks? Well, this certainly wasn't reflected in my life. You know, it was a resource that I had. I was walking around with it, but it wasn't reflected in my life. And, um, you, you know, folks, the way I like to handle the scriptures is in, in, it's something called expository preaching, which is basically saying, this is what God's word says, this is what it, this is what it means right here, and this is how it applies to your life. And so when you come to the scriptures that way, the meaning of the passage is the message of the sermon. The meaning of the passage is the message of the sermon. In other words, I don't just go, hmm, I think I'd like to talk about um, fanning the flames of communication. Let me find some Bible verses I can stuff in there. Rather, you start with the scriptures and you say, what is the meaning of the passage? Whatever that is, that's the message of the sermon. That's the point, okay? So, um, in our main idea today that I'm about to show you, it's kind of, it's in a very short statement, you've basically got the main idea You've got the whole sermon, and you've got the application. We could almost close in prayer right at the end of it. It's like everything all in one. Let me show it to you. You've really got it all. Now go live like it. You've got resources. They're already yours. You have a relationship with God. He is already your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ is already ruling and reigning on a throne. Now go live like it. Um, I was reading this passage out loud in my office, and uh, that's something I do, by the way. When I, whenever I study, uh, I read it out loud uh, uh, quite a few times, um, slowly and out loud. And I was reading it out loud, and I was thinking, you know, I'm the most guilty person I know uh, concerning this. Um, when I'm ex- eternally, uh, exceedingly, uh, permanently, uh, presently blessed uh, with all these resources, why do I choose to live like a pauper? Um, Christian, saint, uh, you really have got it all. Now go live like it. All right, let's explore that together as we move ahead. So the first point is prayer for the knowledge of God. Uh, look at verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, We have not ceased to pray for you. Now, we have to stop there because in in many other translations, instead of and so, they have, um, what do they have? Uh, uh, Where is it? Uh, For this reason. For this reason. Um, 
you see that prayer is the first thing that is launched into here. And you have this and so thing, and we have to ask ourselves, uh, what's the and so? What's this all about? Well, um, a little background. The church in Colossae was most likely planted by the dude that we find in verse 7. If you look at verse 7, uh, it says, just as you learned it from Epaphras, the gospel. You've learned the gospel from Epaphras, um, our beloved uh, servant. Um, he's a guy that, that probably traveled to Ephesus. So he leaves Colossae, he goes to Ephesus uh, while Paul and Timothy are there. He hears the gospel, he's converted. He goes back to Colossae, plants a church, uh, and then now there's a church uh, for the Colossians. And, uh, and Paul and Timothy hear of this and they are very uh, excited about it. Um, and by the way, there was an uprising of some bad teaching in the church um, uh, at uh, that we'll get to in just a second, um, and, and Paul will, uh, will address that. But um, So this and so, what, what, what it's talking about is this. Look at verse 3. I'm going to speed through this because, you know, you know, Paul, you know, Ephesians and Colossians are sister letters. They're very, they have similar content, and Paul does similar things. Like, I think it's 260 words. He has a two, I think it's a 260-word sentence here in this passage. And what we're looking at is like 106 words. And in Ephesians, if you look at Ephesians chapter 1, it's a big, gigantic, long sentence with no punctuation in it. Um, and so here's, here he's writing. He says in verse 3 of chapter 1, We always thank uh, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Here it is. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing. That's good news, isn't it? As it, is, uh, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow beloved servant. He's a faithful minister of Christ and, and so on. Uh, that's when Paul then says, and so, uh, for that reason, um, we haven't stopped praying for you. Now, by the way, this is the second time prayer is mentioned. You saw that uh, at the beginning, verse 3 and so on, he's, he's, he's talking about praying for them. But right there, it sets the tone for the letter. It's not, yay, we've got some new people in our new religion. It's not, yay, we've reduplicated ourselves, and it's a wonderful model. Uh, we can do that in other places. It's not, yay, uh, look how well we're making disciples. Rather, the emphasis is on God what God is doing, walking with God, relying on God, rejoicing in, in God, marveling in God. Um, that's what they're excited about. And uh, notice that Paul prays some specific things. He says, for, the, for those reasons, we're so glad that, the, that God has brought people to life in a place in an amazing way by the power of the Holy Ghost, obviously. And so in verse 9, it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And look, specific things. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, there's so much to talk about here, um, but it's important to note that this verse has been hijacked a little bit over time. Um, have you ever known someone, I bet you have, who would say something like this? They'll say something like, well, I'm so glad you've received uh, Jesus Christ as your Savior, but have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit yet? You ever heard that before? How about this? Well, I'm glad that you made Jesus your Savior, but have you made him your Lord yet? Friends, if you ever hear anybody talk like that, they're crazy. 
They, they don't understand the scriptures. They don't understand the gospel. To be a born-again believer is to have been made alive by the Holy Spirit and to have the Holy Spirit dwell inside you. And by the way, you don't just make him your sa- Jesus your Savior and then make him your Lord later. Oops, I didn't make him my Lord. Oops, I kicked him off the throne. He is Lord. He is Lord. You accept him as Savior and Lord of your life. And listen, we disobey. Um, we, don't, we don't treat him as Lord. We, we disrespect him and we, we displease him. But we never make him Lord or not Lord. We never receive him as Lord or not Lord. You receive him as Lord, you're saved. If you don't, you're not saved. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. If, you, if you're a believer, uh, you have received the Holy Spirit. When Paul says in verse 9, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, he's not talking about some kind of tiered Christianity where, uh, you know, some Christians have this knowledge and some Christians have this and some have this and some have this. It's not a different tier of Christianity. And um, Paul and Timothy are also addressing a heresy that would develop around the second century, but had its moorings here and probably in this church, which is called Gnosticism. You ever heard Gnosticism? The word uh, Gnostic means knowledge. And he doesn't use the word knowledge here. He says, he says all spiritual wisdom. He uses epinosis, all knowledge. So he's not saying that the Holy Spirit is a, is a spiritual goodie bag um, or that there's some higher plane of Christianity uh, to be sought. It's more to our main idea. That's what he's referring to. He's saying, Christian, you've really got it all. You've got it all already. You've got all the resources already. You've got everything that God can supply for life and godliness in his word and the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name already. Now go live like it. That's what he's saying. And notice, we'll talk about this more in our next point, but notice how closely connected the knowledge uh, of God and his will, um, spiritual wisdom, understanding, is connected organically to behavior. Uh, hey, we want you to be filled with all the knowledge of his will, all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. Um, so what we, what we know about God, what we believe about God, um, fleshes out in our behavior. A couple more things uh, on this, and, uh, this hunk, and we'll round the corner. Um, notice that he's saying, we want you to be filled, we're praying that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's pretty comprehensive, isn't it? But then he also goes on to pray um, uh, in, in verse 10, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So he, he's like, you've got it all, and we want you to increase too. You've got all the resources. We want, to, we want you to increase in those resources. Um, you're filled with, but we want them to increase. The other thing I'll tell you is here is this. It's kind of like this, by the way. I'm straying from my notes a little bit. But are, are we filled with the Holy Spirit as believers? Yes. Can we pray for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Help me in this situation, Lord. Please supply from the abundance of your riches. Um, so it, we have access to all the knowledge, all the resources, but we want to increase in our understanding and, and grasp of those resources. Okay, last thing I'll show you in this is this. In verse 11, he says, um, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. 
That statement right there, according to his glorious might, you know, this is so rich and so wordy that it's it's easy to read that and go, oh yeah, that's, of course, of course, uh, he's strengthened uh, according to his glorious might. That's great. Yeah, I want some of that. But think about the Think about the impact of that. If I have $500 million and I give you something out of my $500 million, out of it, it might be a million dollars, it might be $2. I'm giving you something out of my resources. But if I give you something according to my $500 million, well, all of a sudden that number changes. It's not just out of. It's not just some chump change. Um, not a handful of quarters. It's, it's according to. And Paul is saying we, he wants us to be strengthened, them to be strengthened, us to be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might, according to that power. Last thing I'll point out to you this before we apply it all is this. Did you happen to see all the alls in these verses? Uh, verse 9, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom. Uh, Verse 10, fully pleasing to him. Verse 10 again, bearing fruit in every good work. Verse 11, strengthened with all power. Verse 11, for all endurance. Ladies and gentlemen, you got it all. We've got it all, friends. We just have to live like it. We've got it all. Um, 2 Peter 1.3 says this. This is the English Standard Version. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Let me read it to you in a more contemporary uh, translation. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. This power was given to us through the knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and integrity. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I'm not going to break a promise. If he's, if he's promised, he's promised. All right, application for our lives. It has been said that there is a summary of the book of Colossians in chapter 2. Here's the summary. It's got a summary of what's being said with application and everything. So look at chapter 2, verse 6. Um, chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. (laughs) In other words, go live like who you are, is the point. Go live like who you are. God didn't save you or me so that we could fumble around through life and wonder what his will is and wonder how we're supposed to behave and, and all that. Um, we've got all access, we've got all resources, we've got all things at all times uh, if we're true believers in the Lord Jesus. All right, next point. Uh, prayer for obedience to God. So verse 10, um, he's, he's in mid-thought here, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Um, that idea, so as to, is hooked to uh, the spiritual knowledge and all that. So it's, it's hooked, our behavior's hooked to it. You see that knowledge of God and holy things as well as spiritual wisdom and, and uh, spiritual understanding isn't just for getting some religious XP, you know? Uh, it's that we bear fruit. Bearing fruit, verse 10, in every good work. Bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of God as we uh, walk in obedience. And uh, notice, notice the way the Bible phrases it. 
um, in verse 10, a manner worthy of the Lord. Um, let's, let's ponder that for a second. A manner worthy of the Lord. Now that, of course, means obeying him. It, of course, means um, saying, Lord Jesus, how would you have me live? What, 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 what do you like? What is your good and pleasing and perfect will? Will you show it to me? I want to work in a manner worthy, walk in a manner worthy of you. Okay? So it, it, it means that. But I think it also includes a certain carriage about the way we live and, and move in this world. Uh, a, a certain way we, we hold ourselves. We want to obey God. We want to obey the Lord Jesus, walk in a manner worthy of him. But we want to remember who we are also. Our carriage should change a little bit. Not haughtiness, not holier than thou, um, not better than somebody else, not that at all. But what I'm saying is that um, we can walk through life with a little bit more of a regal sense. Um, I'm very guilty of that. Um, I tend to drag my knuckles on the ground sometimes and, and feel kind of chumpy and sad sacky, and I don't know if that ever happens to you, but, you know, um, do, everybody shoulders a lot. We just all shoulder a lot. But I think that um, we, we, might, we might should, I might should walk more nobly um, in this life and remember who I belong to and all the resources that, that, are, that are mine in Christ. Um, application for our lives. All these words, it's just uh, verses 11 and 12. I can just kind of cherry pick some words here. We've got um, um, uh, the word power in verse 11. Um, for all endurance, uh, patience, joy, giving thanks. That sounds like richness in life, doesn't it? Don't those things sound like riches in life? Uh, th those, those things are not a smorgasbord where you just, you just get a couple and, and, and you miss out on some others. Uh, uh, in, in all the verses today, it describes what happens in the lives of all believers. Ask yourself, is this a description of me? And that brings us nicely to our last point, which is this. Um, First-class citizens. Um, look at verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the, <clears throat> here's the word, saints. Look at the end of verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you into sharing an inheritance of the saints in light. Friend, are you a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, you, you put your faith in what he did on the cross for you in your place like that should have been you being punished for your sin, but he was punished in place of you. And thereby, God forgives you, because not because he just swept your sin under the rug, but he, he judged it, he punished it. Somebody else carried out the sentence. Is that you? Well, then you know what the Bible calls you? Again and again and again, a saint. That's a Bible description of you. Saint is a Bible description of every woman or man who has come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you look at any mm, major world religions that have saints, these, this super category where these people who've lived are elevated. Ooh, and you can even like mm, pray to them to find your car keys or pray to them because your dog's sick and you pray to this one because of something else. 
if you ever stumble across anything like that, that is not biblical. There's no, there's no super, super Christian. Saints are Christians, are born-again people, are the redeemed, are the elect. Saints are those who are, belong to the Lord, who are sheep in the fold. The whole point is, you've been delivered. Look, verse 13. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's a saint. <laughs> There's no super category. Um, you know, back in the day when I was, we used to be a sleazy lounge singer. Uh, some of you were the groupies. So I met the missus. Um, but... Uh, you know, so I sang in this band back in the like, late 80s and 90s uh, in Memphis called the Deltones. And, you know, we were like a big, it was a, an eight-piece band, and there were horns, and we kind of played some big stuff. And, and it was before they brought in, um, like, uh, big acts uh, on, for the barbecue fest. So on Saturday night at 8 o'clock, it wasn't, you know, somebody famous. It was some local band, some big band. And we were, we were at a couple times, and we played the Mid-South Fair, and... I've been in places in the Peabody Hotel that you don't even know exist. The, the, the band always loads in through the kitchen somewhere, and we use weird elevators that no one even knows about, and everything's dirty. The hotel's glorious. But then back here, you're like, ugh, it's creepy back here and gross. Uh, the band always sees that stuff. The uh, band is always backstage. But when you play those big events, you get the coolest thing ever. All, all access. You get the full access pass. And you wear the thing around your neck. And so, you know, when everybody's going to the barbecue fest, they're walking, they're parking way down there and walking all the way down Riverside Drive, not us. Because guys with walkie-talkies next to you, the band, and we're taking our van in. And uh, you just walk up to any tent and eat some barbecue, and you don't have to follow the rules. I mean, it's really cool. All access. You just go in anywhere you like. Cheese cubes, you know, it's great. It's great. All access. Um, but, but friends... That's what you got with this God and all of his resources. All access. Backstage pass. You get to know this God personally. And, you know, if, if you've ever, I'll, I'll close with these things. If you've ever heard a uh, preacher or author use this kind of terminology, we need to uh, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to unlock the secret that we've all been waiting for. Uh, we need to uh, free up or open up the Holy Spirit so God can work. You ever, ever hear anything like that in print or preaching? Get out. That, that's, that, that is not biblical. And I'm not talking about the word unpacking. That's, a, that's a, an academic cliche that if you've ever been to seminary, they say it every 10 seconds. You just want to die every time you hear it. So we're going to unpack this. You know, I'm like, please pack it back up again because I can't hear that again. So I'm not talking about unpack this, because people do say unpack this. It's fine. But I'm saying unlock the hidden power. Unleash the power of the God that's in the box. Rub the genie. God will come this special blessing. If you ever hear that, that is not, that is not biblical, y'all. You know, in this song we sing at this church, uh, we sang it Wednesday night. Um, from, uh, it's called Father, I Know That All My Life. Uh, and it's got this line in there. Verse 2, I would not have the restless will that hurries to and fro, seeking for some great thing to do or secret thing to know. I mean, people get lathered up 
looking for the secret thing, the secret recipe, the new thing that hasn't been discovered in 2,000 years of, of study uh, of, of the Bible and Christendom. Um, ladies and gentlemen, don't chase that stuff. There's no magic potion. There's no secret Christian club. There's no elite class of Christianity. There's no special box to unlock, and all this stuff comes out that no one had figured out before. It's not that. Rather, you are a man or woman, if you're a believer in our Lord Jesus, who has access to all the wisdom, all the resources of God, all the time, in all things, now and forever. You've got it all already. Just go live like it, Jim. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, um, these are precious and grand truths that um, the God who made us and knows everything about us and sustains us and loves us and spilled his own son's blood to buy us and gave us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us um, is a God uh, with whom we have free audience. We now have a Heavenly Father who cares about us and, and pours down gifts. Um, and we now have a Savior who keeps us, whose blood continues to plead that we are safe. And we now have a residing Holy Spirit who never leaves us, who is always with us, a God who is always with us and um, always guiding, always growing, always illuminating truth. We pray, Lord, for the grace to submit to you and to live like the, 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 the redeemed women and men that we are. We, we pray that you would help us do that this week, Lord, for your glory and for our good. And in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you.